Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amra Sandu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid, subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. to the Inspired Evolution, and it is a total inspiration to be here today. We have with us none other than Peter Sage. Peter, how are you, brother? Oh, oh my goodness. What a, an amazing introduction. Welcome, Sound Energy Bite. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard a, an introduction to a podcast that sounded on such a note. I'm excited just by listening. <laughs> I hope you've had your morning coffee. If you haven't, it's all good. Don't stress. Now you're We right. are your morning coffee. <laughs> Pretty much. For those shooting into Peter for the first time, serial entrepreneur. But honestly, there is so much that he gets up to in the world. He's written some really amazing books. But thought, leadership, philosophy, seriously, trying to live a life on your own terms. His whole thing has been self-mastery for a long time. But the philosophies that go into that are really, really intriguing, really endearing. I'm so excited for this conversation to come today. I'm going to try not to put you on a pedestal, but, you know, bear with me if I keep doing that. Pardon me for doing that. Thank you so much for doing this, Peter. Really, really appreciate having you here. No, absolute pleasure. And again, just on, on that note, one of the things that I try to remind as many people as I can of is the fact that, you know, we're, we're just guys. Yeah, you and I, you know, people, if they put somebody on a pedestal, by definition, you minimize your own greatness by contrast. And that goes against the message paradoxically that we're trying to give. So remember, we're, we're just you on camera right now, but there's nothing you're going to hear today that you can't step into as part of your own journey. So when you're at home, start practicing this. Yeah! 
<laughs> and you can totally manifest it for yourself. Okay, Peter, let's go there. On one of the topics of conversation that I really was hoping to have with you, and usually what I try to do is like the big thing that is really burning for me to just ask it out of the gate, what holds most people back, in your opinion, from actually living and executing the life that is calling them? Like there is, we all know that there is the life that is, if I was to live life on my own terms, no compromise, I would be out there executing in X, Y, Z direction. But at the moment to make ends meet, to sort of just get by and do things the way that, you know, society is sort of programmed for me, I'll just do A, B, C. What holds us back from X, Y, Z, in your opinion, having worked with like yourself, but also so many people on the path of self-mastery? In all fairness, it's a pretty simple answer, but mm. it doesn't excuse the profundity of how to unpack it. And the simple answer is fear. Mm. Uh, the, the, but there's levels. There's levels within levels. I mean, we're born with two primary fears. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. That's the natural mm. fears that we have. Everything else is learned behavior. Mm. And that learned behavior is where the trouble starts to show up. Mm -hmm. Part of that has its genesis in the... Uh, the roots of parenting. Mm. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. That's not what I'm projecting judgment on. But when we are born as a parent, thanks to you know the miracle of nature and oxytocin, babies can't do anything wrong. Uh, they may so decide that it's two in the morning and you haven't slept. They don't say, oh, let's give mom and dad a break. I'll leave it till seven. They can have a line. No, they're going to scream because they want feeding. It's natural mm -hmm. egocentricity of a baby to project that. And we understand that. We don't stop loving the baby. It's inconvenient mm -hmm. to our schedule, but we don't stop loving the baby. You could have you know, uh, your partner say, oh, just hold you know, little Charlie for a second while you know I get my handbag because I'm, I'm off to an a, a important interview. And all of a sudden, little Charlie, when you hand them back, throws up over mom's new dress you know, or mm -hmm interview suit it's inconvenient you don't blame the baby it's what babies do mm. but there is a point around about i don't know 12 months 18 months where there is this understanding of some level of two-way communication so mm. that when you're training or trying to teach or interact with a baby and you know that they actually understand what you mean there is a model imposed at that point that really puts in the basis for conditional love now, the parent doesn't intentionally have conditional love. The parent loves the baby and the child unconditionally. But from the, from the perspective of the child, there is a model that clicks into place that says, if I do good or what's expected of me, then the reward is love, connection, approval, etc. If I don't, the perception of the child is that love is withdrawn. You're naughty. No, don't do that. If you do that again, this will happen. There's consequences. And that's great for training levels of behavior, but what it uh, instinctively instills is that love is conditional. Mm -hmm. So by our first earliest memory, which for many people, four, five, six years old, We've already had several years of training that love is conditional. We then spend the rest of our lives projecting that into our own lives and relationships, wondering why they're dysfunctional. And that translates into when it comes to business, when it comes to living our potential, when it comes to taking risks, when it comes to fear of failure, fear of rejection, mm -hmm. a level of emotional maturity that is grounded back in that pattern. And that particular pattern then creates an unnatural fear. Yeah, the natural fears, loud noises and falling. The unnatural fears, the learned fears, the primary fear that psychologically that people have is the fear that they're not enough and mm -hmm. therefore they won't be loved. 
And when you take that into account, it cascades into an entire protection mechanism of behaviors that limit our own potential. So that's really its genesis in what, what stops people moving forward. Uh, that's why I said there is a massive difference between biological maturity and emotional maturity. Yeah, you and I both know and have probably <laughs> had experiences ourselves where you know there's a big difference between yeah, yeah, somebody who is emotionally mature and physically mature. Yeah, there's a lot of emotional teenagers running around in some pretty old bodies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could totally attest to that. So, you know, that's that that's really when you say what limits potential, there's a lot of layers to unpack. Mm. And yeah, probably one of the things I could do to share the most value in the time we have, I'm grateful that you know, people could put their time anywhere these days and they've chosen at this point if they're listening here to, to give it to us. I, I want to try to deliver on that, not with just yeah, theory or psychology or experience, but some practical stuff that will give them tools to be able to go and ch make a change in their life and start unlocking that potential, transcending those fears. That's yes, really what my outcome is here today. So that you know, it's not just an interesting conversation. That doesn't mm. change your life. Mm. Uh, yeah, information does not lead to transformation. But understanding and peeling back the layers of the onion and being able to make some shifts and have that manifest in ways where you tomorrow can start conquering stuff that's held you back, that's what I want to accomplish here today. Awesome. Can you start stepping us through potentially how to navigate our our fears? And, you know, part of me wants to ask you, why are we not taught to get out of our own way? But maybe that's a separate question. We're getting back into theory land. How do we get out of our own way? <laughs> I'll give you the 30 seconds on the why we're not taught. A, most people don't know how. Yeah. Let, let reality check. Yeah, up to 150 years ago, only yeah one and a half, two percent of the planet were literate. Yeah, yeah. modern education has been the, the the a big step forward. And prior to that, it was the privilege of the you know, the chosen few, the scholars, the elites, the political, the, the whatever it may be. And therefore, knowledge has really been passed down from a a, a limited level. It was your rabbi, your village elder, your wise man, your you know your your. Uh, teacher or, or minister, whatever it may have been, and they can only project from the level they're at. Mm. Yeah, so now we have a completely different time in human history where knowledge and spiritual understanding is exploding to the point where we can have access to decades, lifetimes, centuries of spiritual wisdom at the push of a button. That's never happened before. Mm -hmm. right? So, But traditional education isn't set up to teach that. It never was. It was designed for what it was designed for. How do we take a transcending feudal system mm. whereby you know we've got to transition through industrial revolution, how to take people that are picking crops mm -hmm. and paying mm -hmm. landlords mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. essentially get them into a new set of training where they can show up on time into this new thing called a factory, do as they're told, conformist do not have free will don't press the big red button don't pull that lever we, we don't want people exploring because at that time in human history in the late 19th century that would have had negative consequences mm -hmm. so show up shut up sit down do as you're told mm -hmm. now that isn't going to help us in today's modern society we need free thinkers we need creative expression we need people to challenge the status quo we need to, people to ask the question well why and not accept the answer because that's how it's always been done so, you know, in answer to why aren't we taught this? Yeah, multiple layers, but that gives you an insight. I really when it comes to Don't complicate it, right? Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to the second part of your, your question, how do we you know, sort of transcend through this? Mm. Let me give you a, little, a bit of a framework. I, I talked to, about emotional maturity. Let me give you three quick keys that will really help shift that. The first day in a person's life where they really start making a stride towards that that demarcation of growing up mm -hmm. and again not biologically we don't get to vote on that 
That's part of the rule set. I don't care how many vitamins you take, what creams you put on. Yeah, 50 years from now, you're going to look different. Right? That's yeah. That that's part of the rule set. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, you 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 can help you know, slow it down a little bit in terms of its effects or impact. But I've got news for you. You're going to age. That's mm. that's part of the game. But growing up emotionally is a choice. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest days in a human being's life is to finally come to terms or they finally become okay not being liked. Mm. And some people ain't going to like to hear that because they've spent most of their life looking for somewhere else to reattach their umbilical cord right, to get approval, connection, validation, acceptance, all the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. The day you can finally become okay not being liked because you shift from a model of external validation to internal validation. See, external validation, it's like motivation. It's like food. You can eat it and feel good in the moment, but at some point, 20 hours from now, you're going to be hungry again. Mm-hmm. It will never last. No one has a meal and says, I'm done for life. Internal validation is different. Yeah. Internal validation means that I don't need you to tell me how good I am for me to know how good I am. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to project your model of the world onto me so that I have to fit your pictures in order to give me an emotional feeling that I'm not yet giving myself permission to feel. Now, you may want to rewind and listen to that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the day you finally become okay not being liked is a powerful day. And one of the things that helps people transcend that mm. is getting out of what I call goop, G-O-O-P. Mm-hmm. Most people spend their life swimming and you know, struggling through this sticky, nasty, smelly, dirty substance that limits their potential called goop. Goop right. stands for the good opinion of other people. I love that. That's super handy. Ah, and, and people, a lot of people listening now are sort of kind of nodding to themselves like, well, yeah. uh, because we become this giant adaptation machine, this chameleon of life, not this authentic expression of life. Because if you don't like me this way, I'll be that way. Oh, if I think I might offend you doing that, I'll do this instead, even though it's not my truth. Right. So goop, goop ruins most people's potential. It keeps them locked in this side of possibility and fear. So I want to give a, a metaphor here that I think will help people understand the nature of goop and if they're ready for it, how to step out of it, or at least mm-hmm. begin the process. Yes, please. What one of the metaphors I love to use because it's so apt is that we all star in a movie. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be a movie star, so now's your choice, right? Now's your chance. Mm-hmm. We star in a movie called Our Life. Mm-hmm. Now I know we star in that movie, and I know with the we are the star of that movie because we're the only single person who's in every single scene of our movie called Our Life. Mm-hmm. By definition, everybody else in our movie plays one of two roles. Yeah, at best, they may be a supporting cast. There's no mm-hmm. co-stars, mm-hmm. right? Nobody else is in every single scene. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're a Siamese twin, you're gonna dream <laughs> on your own, right? <laughs> but you are the star of your movie. You may have some supporting cast, a, a spouse, a sibling, a, a best friend, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But the vast, vast majority of people in your movie for the entirety of your movie are nothing more than film extras in your movie. Now, what is the definition of a film extra? Pretty simple. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Somebody who you're not thinking about when they're not in your scene. Mm. Now, here's where it starts to go south. Because we see ourselves majority of the time as the star of our movie, we, uh, and by the way, that's, that's a good start. Most people are unpaid film extras in other people's movies trying to mm. yeah, make them yeah, dance around them as the star. That's just disowning your power. Yeah. But even when you step into your own starring role mm -hmm. as the star of your life, <laughs> one has to understand that through that lens, most people then project that other people see them as the star of their movie. Mm -hmm. And they don't. Why? Because mm. they're starring in a different movie. Mm. What movie are they starring in? The well, movie of life. <laughs> Which means by definition, we play one of two roles in everybody else's movie. At best, we may be a supporting cast. But right. the vast majority of people who we adapt our behavior to through needing goop mm. are nothing more than film extras in our movie. Right. Which means that when we're not in their scene, they're not even thinking about us. Yeah. Another way to put this, if you want to encapsulate it as step number one, that you want to tattoo this on the inside of your eyelids. Mm. Right? And that is this. Most people don't care enough about you to bo bother to give an opinion. Why? Simple. They're too busy being worried about what they think you're thinking of them. Mm -hmm. And when you wake up to that reality, that, not myth, Reality, mm -hmm. when you wake up to the practical expression of what that actually means, you can let go of the fear of judgment, the fear of yeah, not being enough in the eyes of people who really, in all fairness, don't give a crap. Not because you're not worth giving a crap to, but because they're dealing with their own stuff. Mm. And so step one of emotional maturity is the day you finally become okay not being liked. Not because you want to be an asshole, mm. but because you realize everybody else is, is running around in their own bubble of self-importance, wondering about what everybody else is thinking of them, when everybody else is running around in their own bubble of self-importance, wondering about what everybody else is thinking of them. I mean, it's, it's the hilarity of it, right? <laughs> Very well encapsulated, the neurosis of society. <laughs> you know? Totally. It, it's, it's, so, you know, we, it's so freeing mm -hmm. to come to that awareness. Because you're writing your own script. Mm -hmm. Being, you know, you're not going to win an Oscar trying to be a film extra in somebody else's movie. Totally. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that, that's that what I would call step number one. Sure. You know, when you finally become okay not being liked. Super empowering. Yeah, because you can own your own authenticity. Paradoxically, mm. once you come from that place, not of arrogance, of self-importance, that I'm better than you, therefore I should be more liked and I don't care about your opinion. That's just egotism. No, I'm talking about authentic expression of showing up in your truth, not being worried about what other people think because they're not thinking that, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And even if they do, one thing to understand, people can only ever project from their own model of the world. Mm -hmm. We all Amen. stand at different levels on the mountain, 
yeah, of spiritual evolution. Mm. And if you're three quarters of the way up and you're saying, wow, look at the view over the trees and somebody's on the ground or somebody's in the valley or somebody hasn't reached your perspective yet and you're trying to tell them what your truth is, trying to project it as truth, you've mm. got no right to do so. Mm. And you, you know, what, what are you going to get into an argument for with somebody who's shouting down the mountain that, wow, look at the view from the summit yeah, mm. and you're saying, I can only see the trees. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to tell you why you're wrong. Well, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's just, yeah, I say, emotional immaturity at its best. So trying to get into an understanding of that when it comes to the fact that everybody's on their own journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to acting experience, some people have just graduated acting school. Some people have you know, been around the block and had a few auditions and had some bit parts. Some people are good supporting cast. Some are uh, uh, you know, uh, A-list. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make them better or worse. Mm. Let me ask you a question. What's better, a six-year-old or a teenager? It's, they're both you know, pros and cons. Yeah, they're both amazing. <laughs> yeah, both are going to have different expressions of how they interact with life. <laughs> totally. But yeah. yeah, stamping your feet for an ice cream is perfectly acceptable behavior for a six-year-old, mm-hmm. not a twenty-six-year-old, mm-hmm. right? But you don't blame the six-year-old for doing that because it's natural. Mm-hmm. Right? It's an expression of where they're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, what's better, a big tree or a small tree? There's no better or worse. People are just at different levels of their own expression of potentiality on their own journey. And if you've been fortunate enough to tap into some levels of insight that other people haven't yet had the opportunity to take on or aren't ready to listen to yet, mm. you don't teach a six-year-old social economics. Mm. Right? If, if, if you're at that place, you can hold a space for those people rather than judgment of them. Yeah. You can you can have more compassion and understanding thing. Wow, thank goodness that you know where I'm at right now, I'm not giving myself the label of victim. Mm. Which brings us into point number two. Mm. On emotional maturity, uh, it's our level of consciousness that governs everything. Now right. Einstein turned around and said, Yeah, when yeah, you one of his most famous statements, you can't solve a problem at the same level of consciousness that created the problem. Love that. Now, that sounds perfectly normal for somebody who was one of the smartest guys on the planet at the time. Mm-hmm. But transcending that into how do I deal with my relationship or pay my mortgage next week, people struggle with. Mm-hmm. So I want to give a practical framework here that will allow you to make some sense of it uh, and hopefully give you a, a framework to move forward. And, and remember, what we're doing here uh, is really building models. Mm-hmm. It's not truth. I don't have any right to project my model of the world onto anybody else. I'm here to offer some models of understanding that hopefully give some practical benefit because that's the purpose of a model. Mm-hmm. You see, the, the flat earth model is used extensively in architecture. Mm-hmm. When you build a building, you use two-dimensional flat earth model. Mm-hmm. Yeah? When you're planning a geodesic flight path from Boston to Los Angeles, you don't use a flat earth model. You're going to end up in Alaska. You hope not. Right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah you, you curve around, right? Mm-hmm. You, you play it. So models provide value to the extent of the, the limitations of the model. Mm-hmm. And my, my goal here is not to try to solve the riddle of Einstein's yeah, statement, mm-hmm. but to provide a model that to the extent that you use it can be practical benefit. Okay. Yep. So what is the term consciousness? Well, for a start, it's a mind label. The mind loves to label so it thinks it can understand. It can mm-hmm. wrap its arms around. Uh, mm-hmm. And therefore, give it some sense of smug satisfaction that it's smart enough to actually conceptualize. Yeah. Yeah. For example, if we turn around and say, you know, oh, oh, look at that tree, we're deluding ourselves. What we're saying is, we now think we understand this incredible, magnificent, complicated expression of nature because we've come up, yeah, you know, with a four-letter word that then makes me feel smart. <laughs> yeah. Rather than say, 
That's what we call a tree. That, that gives us a, a better level of relationship to it Wisdom. and admits the limitations of the label. So consciousness, the 13-letter label, is our way of trying to get our head around something that you know, we, we, we really don't understand so we can only come up with a model. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally. I'm with you. So on one side of the fence, you have kind of the uh, Newtonian paradigm of, that, that limits everything to some level of dualistic causality and has its sort of shrine in the three primary sciences, you know, physics, chemistry, biology. Yep. Uh, physics yep. dealing with particles, chemistry dealing with molecules, and yeah, biology dealing with cells. Mm-hmm. And through observation, through some pretty smart people over the years, starting you know, predominantly with you know, Copernicus, then Galileo, moving into Newton, you know, we have mastered the rule set that governs those sciences that we call the physical world to the extent that we can put a person in orbit and repair the human body. We, mm-hmm. we know that. But to limit our understanding of reality to a subset called physical matter reality, when we know there's so much more, mm. I mean, if, if you really want to go down that rabbit hole, what is science based on? Science is based on mysticism. What? Well, where did the universe come from? Oh, it magically appeared in one giant explosion from nothing. Okay, so what you're saying is you'll, you'll, you'll give us one free miracle, but we're not allowed to believe in any more. Got it. Mm. I, I mean, <laughs> give me a break. Where do the rules of science come from? Right. Oh, well, you know, you know, anything before T equals zero from the, the start of time, the Big Bang, we, we, we have, go, go talk to theologians, the philosophers, the mystics, the religion. You know, that we don't want to know. We just uh, want to stand on our smugness of understanding the rule set that governs the, the small sciences. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, when it comes to consciousness, mm-hmm. we have to step out of that. So consciousness, I want to put it into, it's not some, you know, byproduct of brain function. That's where the Newtonian paradigm goes. Mm-hmm. They try to limit it, and no science has ever been able to do that or isolate it. It's just that you're never going to do it. You're running east looking for a sunset. Not going to happen. Yeah. All right? So, and then think, well, if I just look harder, if I just run faster, if I just get better diet, better trainer, you know, better sneakers, then finally we'll crack the code of being able to find a sunset running east. Uh, mm-hmm. keep, keep going. <laughs> but consciousness is not a byproduct of brain, brain function. Yeah, it never has been, never will be. That's like saying, yeah, a, a, a television is responsible for producing programs. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a radio writes music. No, no mm-hmm. not going to happen. But on the other side of the fence, we have too much esotericism. Mm-hmm. Let's all hold hands, you know, chant songs, sing to the divine, and yeah, we'll all meet in the ether. That, that's, mm-hmm. there's, there's no practical way of being able to deal with your mortgage next week through that yeah, <laughs> philosophy. Paradigm, and, yeah. and so... You know, there needs to be a happy medium. And when it comes to, to Einstein, there are four chunks that I, I kind of put together, levels, mm-hmm. levels of consciousness. I've been teaching this for close to 30 years now. Yeah. And the first level is what I call the level of to me. Mm-hmm. And it is the classic victim level of consciousness. It's the first primary lowest level of consciousness. And the mantra goes something like this. You know, I would have the life I want, the body I want, the relationship I want, the career I want, but everything happens to me. Mm. It is the mantra of blame. Yeah, it, it is the domain of victimhood. And mm. unfortunately, you, you can't educate people out of these levels. You have to grow out of them. Mm. And a lot of people choose to stay in victim because of what's called secondary gain. It prevents right. them from accessing desire and courage and being able to move forward into creating the life they want rather than hoping it's going to land on their lap from some mystical you know, fairy godmother. Someone to come and hand it to them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, not going to happen. But yeah. some people get a lot out of being a victim. Yeah, mm-hmm. secondary gain. 
If you ever notice, some people are very unhappy. That's uh, right. Some people are very happy being unhappy. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> but it's yeah, you see it. You understand yeah. the model. It's like now I I get to yeah uh, absolve myself of any responsibility of being able to be responsible for my circumstances because I don't like them. I get mm. to hide out from being able to give my gift in life because I'm scared of rejection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the shy people, the introverts. Yeah, not being funny, but. Shy is simply a racket. I'll explain shy in one sentence. Please don't let you discover me because I'm scared of what you'll think. Hmm. Case closed. Right? It's, yeah. it's a protection mechanism against the good opinion of other people that you fear won't be. The group, uh, uh, <laughs> the group in effect. Yeah, totally. So, but to me, it sucks. <clears throat> Nowhere in nature is victim rewarded. Hmm. Yeah, go speak to a gazelle yeah. on, in the savannah, right? So the next level of consciousness that people usually grow into, especially in today, is the one that is governed predominantly by personal growth. Mm. And that is the level of by me. Mm-hmm. And the mantra for that is, you know, if I am going to have the, the body, the relationship, the career, the life that I want, clearly to me ain't working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to happen by me. And you right. go from the victim mentality to the achiever mentality. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, right, I'm not standing on the shore waiting for my ship to come in. Disneyland thinking, ain't happening. However, mm-hmm. I'm going to dive in. I'm going to swim upstream. I'm going to go get my goal. Mm-hmm. And you'll see a lot of the people in traditional personal growth. You know, I spent 15 years working as a trainer with Tony Robbins. Yeah. 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 Tony's sweet spot is getting people from to me to buy me or teaching people that are in by me how to be better in by me. Mm-hmm. It's your Grant Cardone's. It's your Gary V's. It's your Dan Pennies of the world. It's like you, you drill sergeant kind of, you know, go out, get him, cowboy, get off your ass, pull yourself out of your butt. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of people are doing that and are earning the same amount of money with double the stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they know there's a better way. Yeah. They just don't know how to find it. And that brings us to the third level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And the third level is what I call through me. I swear life starts to flow through you. Now you're not swimming upstream because if you notice when you swim upstream and then relax and take your foot off the gas, you backslide. Mm. You're fighting life. Yeah. Now I gave up fighting life a long time ago. Why? Some of the bitch kept winning. <laughs> right? Greater forces at play. <laughs> yeah. There's a difference between power and force. Yeah. Go read the book day by David Hawkins. Yeah. Power versus force. It's sublime. Changed my life. Yeah. Same. Yeah. But when it comes to through me. It's about aligning. You're no longer fighting the current. You're no longer spending your energy trying to bend back the, you know, the branch on the tree of life because it slaps you in the face when you let go. Now you're not fighting the current of life. You're spending your energy positioning yourself better in the current and flowing with it. You're navigating your boat because every single, bend, every single river bends. There's no straight lines in nature. By me teaches you to go to your you know, goal in a straight line. Oh. But that's not the fastest way. Most people think that's the fastest, most efficient way. No, the only way that model works is on a two-dimensional piece of paper from A to B on two points. Yeah. But if you want to think that, oh, I'm going to go get my goal, and the brain says, okay, fastest way between A and B, what's the best way to go? It. Well, try driving to work in a straight line. You're not going to get there. (laughs) To the supermarket from the front door in a straight line. The the first neighbor's house or intersection you're going to hit No, the fastest, most efficient way is non-linear. Well, Mm -hmm. we're based in a non-linear reality. Mm -hmm. We know that. The primary pattern is the wave, Mm -hmm. right? That's not straight. Mm -hmm. It's the wave that gives birth to the particle in quantum mechanics. We know that, Mm -hmm. right? Not the other way around. So through me is about aligning with life, and that's when your synchronicities show up. That's when you're not by me in the movie of your life. By me is trying to adjust the set on the scene you're in. Mm. 
through me is working with the script writers. Yeah, love that. That's a whole different game. The, the highest level of consciousness, one that a lot of the spiritual teachers you know, arrived at and taught from, is what I call ASMI. That's yeah. where you see complete uh, oneness, non-separation, you know, yeah, duality dissolves. And yeah, I've never met anybody there. We probably have experiences it briefly in certain levels of high-level meditation, maybe some plant medicine ceremonies for people, etc. Uh, give them a glimpse of understanding of that. But generally speaking, the sweet spot that I tend to work in is people that are frustrated in by me and show them how to live in through me, mm -hmm. through methodology and scientific principles that stack up and give predictable results. Yeah. So that, that's really where, the, you know, once you understand that our journey through life is reflected in that journey through our levels of consciousness. Mm -hmm. You can't take somebody who's 50 years old that is committed to being in victim mode to me and expect them to have any kind of conversation that understands through me. Mm. Not going to happen. They have yeah. to learn that for themselves at their own time. Sure. And if I've learned one of the golden rules of being able to help people is this. If you want something for somebody else more than they want it for themselves, you're wasting your damn time. Sorry. And that's tough when it's your brother who's self-sabotaging or drinking himself to or death. Or your mother or your father. Exactly. Right? Because that's their pattern. Mm. The only thing that we can do is to be the example and the invitation and then let go of what they do with the invitation and send them love regardless. Mm -hmm. That will help us move forward. I love that. That's so profound as well. Like leading, and I've often found that in my own ecosystem on my own journey, it's like wanting everybody to come along with you at a certain point to wherever you're headed and realizing, I'm not even sure if I'm headed in the right direction here. I am trying to rally everybody with me. <laughs> so let me just go where I'm going, what works, works. And eventually, if you have landed somewhere pretty squarely, people will turn around and ask you, it's like, hey, how did you land so square on your feet over the, at this place on the mountain? They're on their own journey. Uh, and you please understand that we also have no right to take away what may be their biggest lessons. Mm. Yeah, some people have to hit their head on the sidewalk to learn how to tie their shoelaces. Yeah. Right. We, we've got no right to wrap them in bubble wrap. Now, that's not saying be callous. That's not saying not be compassionate. Again, be the example. Tie your own shoelaces. Mm. But if you think that your role is to go out and save the world, save the planet, you know, save every you know, starving child, you've got to get your own. You, you've got to be the example. Yeah. Nelson Mandela didn't build any schools, but through him being the example of leadership, many schools got built. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Know what I mean? That's beautiful. Peter, I had this, I've got this question at this particular juncture in the conversation is I remember having this existential crisis as the purpose coach, because I remember like helping people align to, you know, life is, there is a calling. Everybody, there is, you're here for something. I know you are, you're not, it's not an accident that you're the universe looking in on yourself and you just happen to be here alive at this time right now. And so there's a, there's a belief system around there that I've got my model, but I believe in it. And so in there, I had this existential crisis realizing holy cow even when you're off purpose you're on purpose like exactly what you're saying people are on their journey because you're taking spending all that time it's non-linear right you're kind of meandering around to realize Shit, i think it might be getting darker and darker down this road where's the light and it's like oh if it wasn't so dark you would never have gone looking for the light potentially right so even when you're off purpose it's helping you calibrate back so sort of asking you the question in terms of how, like, do you re, do you sit with that conundrum sometimes in your space in terms of we're here, we're really helping people transform and shift, but at the same time, like, wh where did I sort of come into this? Was this person always meant to meet me and I was just meant to always say what I said to them in order to facilitate their transformation and growth and I am just part of their journey, which is kind of what I've reconciled myself to. It's a bit of a slippery question. What are your thoughts on that space? Uh, <laughs> the If we go back to Uncle Albert, yeah. You know, 
he turned around and said that the most powerful question mm. a person can ask or answer in their lifetime is do they live in a friendly or hostile universe? Mm. Now, those two doors lead to two very different corridors in the experience of life. <laughs> if you think you live in a hostile universe, which is more the domain of by me because you're trying to control everything. <laughs> yeah, to get out of yeah, to me victim and get into by me, we give up blame, we replace it with personal responsibility. That'll open the door. <laughs> to get out of by me and get into through me, we give up the need for control, which freaks <laughs> a lot of people out. I didn't say give up control, it says give up the need for control. That's where it's holding you tight. And you replace it with trust, faith, knowing in something bigger than you that is friendly, not hostile. <laughs> and yeah, if you believe in a friendly universe, it's a global belief. So I believe in a friendly universe. I don't care what corridor I walk into. If I think that the universe serves me, I'm an inverse paranoid. I think the <laughs> entire yeah, game is set up to make me happy and successful. Now, the yeah. entire universe yeah. is involved in a hidden conspiracy to make me happy and successful, right? But the challenge is, and this comes back to yeah, emotional maturity. If you are living under the paradigm of thinking that we live in a comfort-centric experience, you are going to get slapped. We don't. That is a 20th and 21st century construct designed to sell you crap to make you more comfortable. Mm -hmm. We know if we want a strong, fit body, we don't put it in a comfort zone. That's called Netflix couch and Doritos. <laughs> Right, which is also called fast track to diabetes, stroke, and heart attack. Right? Mm -hmm. No, we want a strong, fit, healthy body to maximize our physical potential. We put it in the gym, mm -hmm. and you don't go to the gym and get fit. You go to the gym and get sore. Mm -hmm. Right, and that's why most people don't show up. Mm. So you go through that. But if you had a personal trainer, and you were born an athlete, mm -hmm. and you knew you were an athlete, you're going to step into that gym, and you're going to turn around, and yeah, you're going to, if the trainer isn't making you throw up in 30 minutes, you want your money back, <laughs> right? Because you're, you're there for the gold medal. Yeah. Realize your life is a growth centric experience, not a comfort centric experience. That's a massive paradigm shift for people. And once they get comfortable with that, it gets exciting when the challenges, the dark corridors show, show mm -hmm. up. Okay. But if you didn't know you're an athlete mm -hmm. and you were sent to the gym, and you've got this sadistic son of a you know, whatever that's trying to force you to do press-ups and lift weights till your arms hurt and everything else, you're going to tick the box to do the least you can do. You're going to hide behind the freaking treadmill until he goes away. You <laughs> resent them rather than be inspired by them. And yeah. that's how most people, yeah. unfortunately, have been conned into living life through a comfort-centric experience because they forgot they were an athlete to show up for the gold medal. Mm. And you know, if, if you were to take the perspective of the muscle fiber, mm and you're on that last burning rep, you're sending messages to the brain, pain signals, stop, what are you doing? I'm being broken down, I can't do this, help. Mm. But if you're taking the mindset of the athlete, you're proud you can bust out another two reps and not lift your arms for an hour, mm -hmm. right? Get a personal best. What perspective are you coming from? Yeah. Now back yeah. to the original point about the, the, the dark corridor. When you realize that life's growth centric, you're here to take on challenges, not avoid them. If you believe you live in a friendly universe, you don't care what door opens. I've had prison doors open that I've been forced to walk into through absolutely zero connection to anything criminal. Yeah. I got excited. That's, that's not because I'm crazy, not because I was you know, smoking something. Mm. I, you know, life is going to show up with what I call graduation events. Mm. Now, for some people, that's going to be 
a stage four cancer diagnosis. For some people, that's going to be the yeah, love of their life, having an affair with their best friend. For some people, it's going to be a business catastrophic failure, whatever it may be. We have graduation events in earth school. Mm. That's why we're here. Yeah, for me, my last graduation event was being involved in a civil action over a you know, multi-million dollar deal I'd done years before with a multi-billion dollar company. And they, they hit me with a contempt of court application, which I thought was a joke. Mm. Yeah, I thought there was no basis for it. And I show up to court. I tell 50 staff, I've just got to pop into court next week and get rid of this BS. I never came back. Mm. They sold it to the judge, gave me six months in the most violent prison in England as a civil prisoner. Never been arrested, never been accused of a crime, never been, still don't have a criminal record. Mm. Lost everything. This is five years ago this week. And yeah, they awarded costs against me. I was on legal aid because they froze my accounts. They spent a quarter of a million on, you know, the, the, yeah, don't argue with a multi-billion dollar company and a hundred million dollar mm. law firm, yeah, FYI. Right. right? Not, not, yeah. David and Goliath story doesn't pan out that way mm. uh, in, in that scenario. But when it looked like I was being sent away to prison, Mm -hmm. Right, for, yeah, as a civil prisoner, I, I lost my business, I lost my, yeah, my uh, uh, forgery, income, everything. Mm. I didn't get upset, I didn't get angry, because I understand I live in a friendly universe. And if this is a graduation event, I'm going in yeah, to a scenario I didn't see coming. Yeah, every mm. river bent. How do I deal with this? At that point, it's about what questions do I ask myself? See, the questions most people that are trained to ask themselves, and that goes, why me? Boom, straight into victim, straight into to yeah. me mentality. Mm -hmm. That's not a, that's a tunnel with no cheese. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Instead, I got excited. Why? I live in a friendly universe. This is clearly a graduation event. So instead of going in with the identity of a prisoner, mm -hmm. I went in with the identity of a secret agent of change. Why? I spent 25 years teaching positive psychology. If I can't walk my talk in this scenario and go and help people that would never normally get to see my work, then who mm -hmm. am I? Mm -hmm. So I guess I went in and anyway, long story short, and, and I wasn't segregated. I was treated exactly as a normal criminal prisoner. Uh, I ended up getting a lot of the prisoners off drugs. I was stopping suicides. I redesigned the intake system to reduce violence between the wings that was now being used in prisons all over the world. Mm. Um, it's, it's affected, you know, tens of thousands of prisoners every month. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I went on to win a national award. It, it was, you know, it, it was the most incredible or inspiring adventure I've ever had the privilege of, of having. And I came out of that experience, a third of a million dollars in debt, zero credit rating, zero business. And I'd never dug myself out of a hole that deep before. I've done, I'm an entrepreneur, I've lost and made it you know, several times. Never dug myself out of a hole that deep with my hands behind my back. I couldn't yeah, even open yeah. a bank account. Again, I got excited. How inspiring could this be? Right, so yeah, and that was that was five years ago. And yeah, since then yeah, I've I've re-honoured every commitment that I, I had to bail on when I went away. So we just sold fifty tickets to my seminar the week before I went away. I mean, everything got cancelled. It was a crap show. Yeah, yeah. Like idiots yep, that never met me trying to create sensational stuff in the press. Yeah, all, all of this kind of stuff. And how I showed up inside and I came out rebuilt from scratch a you know ten million dollar business. And yeah, it's yeah, it wasn't easy, but I'm in the gym. I don't want it to be easy, right? If I'm going to go, yeah, that was my that was a graduation event. Mm -hmm. Now, did I pass? Did I fail? That's for that's for me and the examiners to talk about. I don't, I'm not interested in other people's judgment. I'm mm -hmm. interested in what got me through that. I'll yeah, tell you, and... it was an ability to a, a willingness to serve. Mm. One thing I learned from Tony Robbins: power moves to those in direct proportion their willingness to serve. And the common mm -hmm. denominator with everybody in to me is that they're too focused on themselves and their problems. Mm. 
When you start getting into buy me to through me, you start seeing how can I add value? How can I serve? How can I be the example, not the warning? Because you get to be one or the other, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and what made the biggest difference for me and what's gone on to looking back to become one of the greatest gifts I ever had was every two weeks during that experience, yeah. I wrote by hand to my senior coaching students saying, listen, just because the teacher's not in class doesn't mean to say you can skip school. Yeah. So come along with me on this journey. So I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, within 10 days, I, was, I missed an attempted murder by, by seconds. Yeah, there was blood on the floor yeah, was a daily occurrence. This is the most violent prison statistically in the UK. Mm. Have you ever seen Prison Break? Similar kind of deal. Mm. Uh, similar stuff. Pentonville, the uh, Victorian prison. I did a TED Talk on it online. It's, uh, it's interesting to watch. But when it comes to helping people, I, I was writing every two weeks to my students, telling them what I was doing, how I was using the techniques, how I was applying what I'd been teaching them in a scenario that, A, I hope nobody listening to this ever has to go through. But if I can do it in there amongst, you know, drug dealers, murderers, armed robbers, yeah, that had different agendas other than, you know, want to be your friend, it's going to help you when your daughter comes home crying from school because she's had a bad day or, you know, your, your wife's you know, upset because she's you know, been downsized or whatever. So I wanted to try to teach. And when I came out after six months, my students said they'd learned more from those letters than following me around the world for the last two years on stage. And it had changed their life. And I, they started sharing it. And other people started chiming, saying, wow, this has changed my life. You've got to publish these letters. And I'm like, guys, these are private letters. Some of you pay me a lot of money before I went away to learn this. And it was my gift to try to help you guys. And like, well, it's going to help a lot more people. That was my soft spot. I'm like, you know, my, my hot button. I'm like, I'm, I'm in. So we published it. It went, uh, I think, bestseller in two hours, Amazon number one in four hours, outsold three suppliers on the first day, sold to 40 countries on the first day. It's gone on to win several awards and it's changed the life of pretty much everybody that's read the book. And I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful because it's not written afterwards. It's not a memoir. These are the actual letters in real time as I'm going through the experience. Uh, and we put it out there and I know you, you've, you've had a look. It's called The Inside Track. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to share that with you. And <clears throat> that would never have happened had that not gone on. Yeah. Had I had had what appeared to be the darkest night of the soul, yeah, facing lost everything and built a six-figure-a-month business at the time to yeah, 50 staff. I went to three staff in three days. I mean, lost everything. Mm. I turned it into an adventure. And that's not because I'm special. It's because I'm just practicing what I'm trying to help people understand yeah. that is available. I, I'm just mm-hmm. a normal guy. I said that at the beginning. I haven't got any special superpowers. I've just got a, a philosophy and a model of the world that allows me to turn the, the dark corridors into a way that I say, okay, if it's a challenge, I'm here to take it on, not run from it. Mm-hmm. Because I live in a friendly universe and it's got my back. I never felt scared. I never got into violence. And if I did, it was probably because I was due to meet somebody in the prison hospital. I don't know. I'd have figured out a way to, to reframe it that empowered me, not disempowered me. Uh, and I know people out there right now, especially the last two years, have been going through their own graduation events, their own dark nights of the soul. And if there's anything I can do to be able to inspire them or help them, as you know, I, I want to give this away to pretty much everybody that's here uh, as, a, as a gift to try to help them because what's in these pages took me six months to write. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> right, but but it's, it's, it's battle tested. It's proven. And every trick that I've used, how do, I, how do I get somebody to stop killing themselves in five minutes permanently yeah. when I've only got that amount of time on the wing? Mm-hmm. How do I deal with the violence yeah, the threats. How do I you know, reframe my own psychology when I'm sitting there faced with having lost everything and yeah, reputation in tatters yeah, because of misinformation? Yeah, um, yeah, staff yeah, running for the hills, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, financially in ruin. How do you deal with that and still come out stronger uh, and bounce back stronger? 
Yeah, not through skill sets, but through mindsets. Mm. And everything I put in there is the best of what I could help my students at the time. And yeah, you can go to Amazon. I know you'd be happy for me to share this and pay you know twenty five bucks for it. But I want to give a copy away to everybody here for just pay me a little bit to cover the shipping. Thank and you so if much. we can get this into as many people's hands as possible. I mean, on the back you'll see legends in the industry, Brian yeah. Tracy. John Asaraf, John Demartini, some people you've had on the show, Kevin Trudeau said one of the best books I've ever read in personal growth. And I don't say that to, to try to brag. I say it to it, remind people that you know, when you're going through your dark night of the soul, if you focus on how can I turn this to my advantage, mm. ask questions. You know, why is why am I being given this as a, as a workout? Mm -hmm. Is it because yeah, my personal trainer believes in me enough to put me forward for the Olympics? Yeah. Mother Teresa said, yeah, I, I know God wouldn't give me anything I can't handle. I just sometimes wish he wouldn't trust me as much. <laughs> yeah. Not like that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. No, if, um, I, I create a link, getpeatsbook.com slash inspired. And yeah. uh, for, for all of the people that have been gracious enough to give us their time here, I want to get a copy of that in your hands for, like, give me, I think it's like 10 bucks to cover the shipping. I'll send you a physical copy uh, within 24 hours, 48 hours, depending on where you're on the world, to your door. And uh, I really want to help people because that has been more of a legacy than helping the prisoners even. It really has. Mm. Thank you so much for your generosity, Peter. Peter, I've got some questions. I, there is so much in there I wanted to unpack. So one of the key things that you were sharing as well that's been huge for me as well is this philosophy around, hey, the universe is benevolent in its wisdom and it is my greatest ally. Even when I say that and the words come out of my mouth, sometimes I sit there and I go, I can feel the parts of me that sort of don't quite believe it because something happened on my journey along my way. And it's like there's, a, there's, a, there's an opportunity there for me to unpack some things and shift them. I know for sure. Um, but one of the key things that I wanted to ask you pertaining to this by me through me trajectory that we go through and man, like the inside track, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Because if there is ever a through me story where you actually had to lean into your chops and go, it's happening through me. Why is this happening? <laughs> like through me? Why is this actually supporting me? <laughs> um, and what can I actually learn? And I love that we're a growth centric species right and so the whole thing is there to help us grow and evolve having that in your forefront of your mind when everybody around you that's a big thing right everyone around you i'm sure there'd be so many people that were in victim mindset in the um in the prison system what are some of the things that we can do to actually solidify that muscle of going from by me through me like actually learning to trust the universe is it just when the shit storm kicks up or the challenges come and you face them head on and you go, wow, I made it through that. Cause that's been my experience. It's like, Oh, I made it through that. And I sort of put a notch on the bedpost and then boom, Oh, I made it through that. And I put another notch on the bedpost. And then sometimes when it gets really tough, it's like, I look back on the notches and go, maybe I'll make it through this one too. <laughs> I can learn to trust a little bit more, but how do we learn to trust that piece in the last little piece there? Well, great question. Contrast frames are a, a powerful tool. Yeah, uh, the brain, the way that it's wired evolutionary, makes sense of things through contrasting it to things we already know. Mm. And it's that contrast that gives us the depth of meaning. Mm. So uh, one of the things I was doing, I, I had a lot of books sent into the prison because the library was you know, pretty much non-existent mm -hmm. uh, in terms of empowering information. Okay. Uh, one of the books I, I had sent in uh, many copies was Man's Search for Meaning, Victor mm. Frankl. Yeah. And I would challenge some of the prisoners to read that book and not cry with tears of gratitude that they were in Pentonville and not Auschwitz. Mm. Uh, and yeah, contrast frame. Um, and you're right, when, when you go through an experience like that, it builds the muscle. Mm -hmm. you know, I did a, a crazy race, you know, health is one of my values. And a few years ago, I ran the Marathon des Saab. 
which is a, an ultra marathon. It's a marathon a day, 42 kilometers, 26.2 miles uh, across the Sahara Desert every day, back to back for seven days, apart from day four, which is a double marathon, 52 miles. <laughs> Yeah, and you're running in 52 Celsius, you know, 130 Fahrenheit. Uh, your water's rationed to nine liters a day. You're carrying 20 kilos on your back. You're running in soft sand. I mean, it's you know, it, it, it's not a fun experience, but mm. you do it to challenge. I did it to challenge myself. What am I capable of? Who do I need to become in order to be able to run that race? It's far more important than any medal I was going to get at the end. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and doing it, one of the reasons that inspired me to do it was contrast frame. If I can go run the desert, how do I? How do I feel about next time the bank puts up interest rates? Mm. I mean, give, give me a break. Yeah. 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 Next time I have a, a a bad day, wait, hang on. If I can run the desert, I can handle this. Yeah. Or yeah. a deadline gets short or an expectation doesn't get met. Um, I've actually just signed up for my next physical challenge, uh, which is actually the transatlantic rowing race. Oh. I'll be 52 years old. Um, I'm 50 this year. I'll be 52 when uh, when it kicks off. I can't get in until you know, uh, 2022 because of the yeah, it's, there's no spaces, but I'm signed up. Uh, and that is basically me and my, my friend. Uh, every year, we uh, they leave Lagomera, where Christopher Columbus uh, set off in the Canary Islands, just next to me. I live in the Canaries. And you're you're rowing for two hours, then sleeping for two hours, rowing for two hours, sleeping for two hours. It's just a 20-foot wooden freaking plywood-type boat. And you've got to row 3,000 miles across the Atlantic to yes. Antigua. And that two hours on, two hours off is a 24-7 pattern for two and a half months. Whoa. Yeah. There's always another level. <laughs> yeah. Makes the MDS, the Marathon de Sable, like a, a, a stroll in the park. Why am I doing that? I'm not here to prove anything. I, I'm, I outgrew that in my 20s when I was yeah. desperate to prove to everybody in the world I was good enough because I had so many insecurities as a young man believing I wasn't. Mm. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm passing. Nothing to defend, nothing to conquer, nothing to prove is a powerful place to live. Mm. Uh, the call to adventure mm. again if i get 25 yards and yeah you know, and capsize or sink right if i get halfway it's it's who do i need to become to show up for that i mean i teach self-mastery yeah who am i not to demonstrate to myself that i'm still qualified to teach yeah uh, and something like that don't get me wrong i mean yeah the physical side is is huge but the mental side is where that's one you know you you Nail get to bird. a point where you're in the middle of the ocean on a, on a little boat, and the only thing that is pairing you is, is two hours on, two hours off rowing. And yeah, the, the nearest land is four and a half kilometers beneath you, and the nearest humans in the International Space Station. It's, it's, you've got to get your mind right yeah, <laughs> uh, on there. But yeah, but when, when people are going south, it's like contrast frames are great. What have I done in the past that would make this seem easier? Yeah. Yeah, if I can handle that, yeah, it's like my, uh, uh, my, my girlfriend the other day, she was like, she needs to go and, and, and do a talk. Hmm. And she's like, I'm, I'm scared. And if I can do it, I says, would you rather row the ocean or do the talk? Do the talk. Contrasting <laughs> 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 you know, something, pick a, pick a choice, right? <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, she's not joining me on that. Yeah. But, uh, but no, there's yeah, contrast frame, frames help. There's many other things. One of the other powerful tools, is, and I was teaching this to prisoners, mm. is to get to a place of acceptance. Mm. See, most people's stress comes from resisting what already is. Right. And if you're doing that, you're a fool because you mm-hmm. can't change what happened a tenth of a second ago. So resisting where you are, and I say it's one of the most widely quoted phrases on the Internet, is resisting your current circumstances is the glue that keeps you tied to them. Mm. And so if we're resisting what's already happened, if the milk is spilled on your new carpet, yeah, it may suck. But resisting that, complaining about it, bitching about it, using it to reinforce your victim story is not going to do anything to put it back in the bottle. 
Mm-hmm. It's not going to get you carpet clean. So getting to a place of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is what's happened. I'm going to prison, right? Yeah, that I can't change that. So let's get okay with that as fast as I can so that I can free up the energy that I was putting into resisting and use that energy to channel into what's my next best move. Mm-hmm. See, acceptance shouldn't be you know, confused with reluctant acceptance. <laughs> that's pseudo acceptance. That's fake acceptance. No, yeah, that's still putting in resistance. Like, okay, then. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> Nor should it be confused with apathy. That's resignation whereby I'm just mm-hmm. giving up. Yeah, I give up my resistance, but I'm not channeling any energy into anything. I'm just going to sit there as victim. Makes mm-hmm. sense? Totally. Yeah. Powerful. Peter, thank you so much for sharing that. That is, there is so much wisdom in there and so much to take home. I'm conscious. Before I let you go, I've got a question that I'd love to ask absolutely everybody. And again, thank you so much for sharing the inside track with us in the audience. That's forward slash inspired. The, uh, the link to the book will be in the show notes below. One of the questions I want to ask you is when you hear inspired evolution for yourself, I know self-mastery is a big thing for humanity, for the planet, potentially for the universe. What does it mean to you, inspired evolution? What does it hold up hope of promise for tomorrow? I should stop answering it for you. What does inspired evolution mean to you? I think we're on a similar page. I mean, the world is going through a big transition right now. We know that. Mm. Some people are going to use that as an excuse as to why it's there in an unfriendly universe. Other people are going to recognize the fact that our entire opportunity for transcending and growing outdated patterns of limitation, of segregation, of unsustainability is presenting itself. The the caterpillar, try to tell it it's going to get destroyed down to its DNA and then rebuilt as a butterfly. It's not going to look forward to it. But that's what has to happen for the butterfly to come, right? Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to uh, evolution, let's just unpack that for a second because I think this will be a very interesting insight for people. Mm -hmm. I'm not an evolutionary. I'm not a biologist. I'm a guy. But I'm a keen observer as to what makes people's lives work and what makes people's lives don't work in the context of fulfillment and fulfilling their potential. So if we go back 400 million years and look at the fossil records, we get some interesting insight into inspired evolution. We know that if we go back and look at you know, the first single-celled organism, the amoeba. Mm-hmm. Now, if you carry that through 400 million years of journey, we get to this Homo sapiens thing with 50 trillion cells. Now, if you look at, yeah, and, and we know that the direction of evolution is enhanced levels of complexity. Mm-hmm. We can see that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's undeniable. But it has inherent with it some pretty interesting insights. So if I take 50 trillion individual amoebas and I introduce one food source, what do I have? I'll tell you. War, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take a pack of hungry dogs and throw in one bone. See what mm-hmm. happens, yeah. right? It's survival of the fittest. It's Darwinian mentality. It's you know, sort of like separation, a hostile universe. Yeah, go get them. Yeah, every man for themselves. Yeah. So if you take the human body, and you introduce one food source, you don't get war. You don't get the liver and the kidneys ganging up against the spleen and the heart to say who can get the most hemoglobin. Mm. Right? No. So what is the key to making evolution work? What is built into the algorithm of life that drives evolution, if you want to use that language? Mm. Well, cooperation is the key. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take the word cooperation and you extrapolate that to its logical conclusion, you pretty much hit one word, love. What is the purpose of being here? It's to choose love over fear in ever more challenging circumstances in the earth school we're in. That's what I see as inspired evolution. 
brother thank you so much for sharing that it is such a pleasure and thank you not just for sharing so much of yourself here today thank you so much for how much of yourself you've put in the book it is super intimate like you described there is so much in there for us to glean and I know this conversation, I could thank you for your time and energy here today, but it is a lifetime's work that's informed this conversation, your own trials, tribulations, challenges, breakthroughs. Thank you so much for the work you've been doing and how you've shown up here today. On behalf of myself and the Inspired Evolution audience, wishing you all the best always, Peter. Thank you so much for this. Right. Thank you, and thank you for doing the work you're doing. I'll just sign off by just reminding people that my role here is simply just to hold up a mirror to remind them of their own greatness, and you do that so well for so many people, Amr, it really is. You know, if I'm lucky enough to have been able to walk a couple of steps ahead on my own journey and shine a, a flashlight behind me to help, you know, inspire people to miss some of the you know, uh, gaps and holes that I've fallen into, then, yeah, I, and if I've done a little bit of that today and served them, then, yeah, that, that's why I'm here. It's why you're here. And hopefully together we can, yeah, leave a little thumbprint on humanity to make it a better place. Thank you so much, brother. Pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 